people love to tell me my sports takes are wrong, bold, senseless, which are all very true, but we're going to take it to the max while doing so. Let's go! Best Sports Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Episode 15, taking it to Max Sports Podcast with their host, Max Murphy, uh, with a guest that we're going to have on in TMAS one minute. Let me introduce him a little bit. Um, he works for the NFL. If you have any questions about credibility of the people that I bring on this show, they will be put to bed tonight. Yeah, we have clowns on, like my cousin Pat, who's also a cousin of this guy that's coming on. Uh, we have clowns like Sam Ashley, who will come on maybe once a week. Uh, we have other clowns that come on. And you have your clown here himself, who just talks out of his ass, criticizes every team, every player, when I can't do any of the things that they're doing. Um, California. He's from California. A big Mariners fan. and. Up there with the biggest Vikings fan now, besides me, of course. Um, let's bring him on. Tristan Murphy. Two kids. Uh, let's show off the shirt first. Let's go for it, baby. We almost always almost win. And that's that's big or bigger little bro Ellery giving that to you. Uh, that's my big brother Ellery who uh, got that for me last Christmas. And uh, honestly, watching last season – all those one uh, one score losses, you know, finally start to get to you. But ironically, this year, hey, it's actually uh, we flipped the script, so it's good to be on the other side of those one score wins. Love to see it. Uh, good talking to you because we don't get to talk much. Uh, three hour time difference, and you got two kids, a wife in Irvine, California. I was gonna start about your job, but you just said or you just showed off the shirt. I got a question here. What's the difference between and all of these? I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but. Smart enough, man, to answer them. Um, what's the difference between this year and last year with the Vikings? Why are they winning these close games and not losing them? Uh, you know what? I would say they they seem a lot more relaxed this season. You know, uh, I think under Zimmer at first, everything seemed to be kind of clicking and going well. The first few years, you know, you had Teddy going down, so I think you know he got a little more credibility with that and got a little more leeway and more time to kind of figure things out. But I think towards the end, you know, it just became a little too difficult for guys to handle it. So I think it was just a little too tense, a little too difficult. And this year, you know, KOC has kind of brought in a, just a new vibe to it. I think everybody's kind of responding and taken to it. So it's been fun, honestly. It's it, We're young in the season, but, you know, I, I'm excited where they're going. This team is just light years, miles ahead of um, yeah. the other team. Even with Case Keenum's team in uh, 2018, maybe? Was it 2017? Uh, 2017, when we went yeah. Yeah, when we went to the MC Championship, it felt like with Zimmer, the game was already changed. So we had like Patrick Mahomes coming into the league. Now we've had Lamar coming into the league. We've had Josh Allen. We've had all these new young running quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, he was in the league when Case Keenum was. And it felt like with Mike Zimmer, um, Case Keenum, that it just seemed a little bit outdated. And so yeah. I think... I think this year, like even though we had a great team and obviously that de that defense led that team, um, this year with KOC, young head coach, and then he has a lot of trust in Kirk Cousins, which Mike Zimmer did not. I think that's a big difference too. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin O'Connor, yeah, Kevin O'Connor's just given Kirk Cousins a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, you know excitement back in what he does for a living. Honestly, you know he got to coach him over in Washington, and so he got to break into the league with this guy, and he has a great trust with him clearly so it's showing so far i mean you know i am a huge viking skeptic so so far i, I don't know how great of a five and one team we are as funny as that may sound you know they, but they've had to grind these games out and when it comes to the end of the game and when it matters they're making plays so i am you know the biggest kurt cousins you know i definitely go at the guy you know i i'm not the most confident in the man but i but you know, there's no question that he's helping this team pull it together, and uh, I, I'm I'm hopeful for him. I hope that he can pull it together. Um, there's no question that he's more talented than Case Keenum was. You know, Case had his limitations, and uh, you know, but you know, that was just a magical season. A lot of things had to fall together and happen for him. But you know, in the five years now that we've got to watch Kirk, I think he feels the most relaxed right now, and uh, he, he's making things happen. So I'm excited where this offense is going with them. Uh, so. You know, hopefully they can keep it rolling. 
Yeah, I had I was more skeptical. I'm very skeptical of Kirk Cousins too because I watched like Justin Fields' Aaron division, and while he's like way behind the chains with not only his lack of support, just his decision making, his young. I just want someone that can get out of the pocket and move. But then sometimes yeah. I watch these young quarterbacks or I watch like a Baker Mayfield or a Justin Fields that can get out of the pocket and move and they're just making the shittiest throws. I'm like, honestly, give me like a guy at 1 p.m. And while he's still trying to get this monkey off his back in primetime, Kirk Cousins has he has won a playoff game with us. Um, and so I, I crap on him a lot, but I sometimes I need to tone it down because he's making – He's putting up great numbers. He's giving us wins. Yeah. Um, and then I had questions about Kevin O'Connell when we hired him because I watched the Rams last year. I watched their Super Bowl team. I'm like, who is the man behind it, right? Sean McVay. And then you, who learned under who learned under him, which I think is the most important part. I think there's some questions to that, though, right now. I mean, I, I understand that their offensive line has been decimated. You had Andrew Whitworth retire. OBJ's not there. Robert Woods, who was in the system for years, is no longer there. But, I mean, who, who's to say that Kevin O'Connell wasn't also, you know, heavy in those guys' ears, making sure things were happening the way they're supposed to happen on offense? I mean, that thing clicked so perfectly. Yeah. It didn't, as soon as Jeff Fisher got out of there and, they, and McVay took over, uh, I don't know that we've seen a more dramatic change from one season to the next offensively with the team, especially while keeping the same pieces that were really still there. I mean, they didn't – they. He turned Jared Goff from just a guy that seemed like he was going to be in and out of the league within three or four years – to a Super Bowl quarterback. You know, it was an amazing transition, but who's to say that Kevin O'Connell didn't have a big piece of that? That's where I was going to say. My my couple of questions have been answered because it's it's not even the offensive play calling that's drastically changed. Um, Like, how could you get J.J. more involved than he was last year? And then you watch week one and you've watched up to this point. And you're like, how is he more involved? Like, this is crazy. So those questions have been answered. I I love that the player... You go. I, I still think there's there's more opportunities to get him involved too. I still think that he's barely scratching the surface of what he can do. Truly, it's crazy. He needs to get more into that Cooper Cup role, man. He can definitely take a little bit more of the swing routes. You know, take some of those reverse handoffs. Like, there's a lot they can do. And I understand you're early in the season. There's still a lot to go. But you know, we watched that Miami game two weeks ago, and you saw the game would start with four three and outs. You know, yeah. our, our big punter. I want to want to shout out Mr. Wide Right. That guy's amazing, dude. That 70, 80-yard punt that he had he completely flipped the field was amazing. So, you know, we were lucky that we had a guy like that to continue to give us the field advantage that we needed in that game because early mm-hmm. on it seemed like it could have gotten uh, very ugly. And if it wasn't for a bunch of penalties, I wonder, what did they have, like three or four penalties literally in a row that kept pushing yeah. back? And it, 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 it felt like NFL blitz. They had first and 30, and I was just like, this is insane. My buddy and I were cracking up at that, but you never see that. And – uh so yeah, it, it you know it, it's just fun to watch this team right now. Yeah, I just love how the players rally behind him more than like, and it's it's the youth. It's like the young, like head coach, like modern day over like a Mike Zimmer who's like a hard ass. And those hard asses still work, right? We still have like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, and they're some of the great. And Mike Tomlin, I mean, he's the. I think Mike Tomlin has a great balance because his players obviously love playing for him and he's never had a losing season and he's also just a hard ass. But I think Kevin O'Connell, you watch do you watch the on Instagram, do you watch the post game speeches when he hands out the game balls? I've seen a few of them. Which one uh which one in particular? No, not any in particular. After every game or after every win, so five out of the six games, when he, he hands looks out like the balls, a caged animal in the zoo, he's just pacing back and forth between that cage, going from one side to the other and chatting up everybody. Yeah. These guys just got a lot of energy and a lot of uh, excitement to him. So it's I definitely it. a different vibe. And you know, I, I, I believe in those hard asses. And but the reason that those hard asses are still staying is because they have Super Bowls. You got to win yeah. Super Bowl. You got to prove that you can do a little bit more That's in the true. for those guys to continue to go along with that. You know. The difficulty there, and when Zimmer, Bruce you know, Arian, no, yeah, no, it, Bruce it, Arians, it, you got, you got. No, you're good. Go for it. Um, Bruce Arians got his. He was a hard ass, but he also jumped around because when you're not succeeding and you're not like a player embodying type of coach, that's harder. It's a little bit harder to. Well, I've make seen it. around the league. It feels like there's a lot of guys that are fantastic coordinators and honestly i don't think that there's anything wrong with staying a fantastic coordinator and being one of the best in the league and i think that he was that you know and he continued to go to different locations and 
you know, when Pagano went downhill in, in Indy, you know, he took over and won that uh, coach of the year award there. That, that was an amazing season for them. Went over to Arizona and had some good success there. Um, so he's clearly a great coach, you know, um, and was able to step into that role. And uh, he's one of those guys that kind of felt like a lifelong coordinator that was able to make that transition and make it actually work for him. And uh, I guess uh, God bless Tom Brady for you then, huh? Yeah, he'll get you a Super Bowl yeah. if you need. Um, let's transition. I want to know about this. Uh, did you say this next gen? So the NGS, um, explain to the audience, I guess, and to me, because I don't know much about, but every NFL Sunday, you are glued to your laptop, correct? Oh, and you are working for the NFL. Yeah. About, uh, six years ago, I was looking uh, for some part-time work and I ended up finding something with the, the NFL. Uh, so the next gen stats program, which I, I think everybody's a little bit familiar with at this point, but um, if you happen to watch uh, Thursday night football right now, uh, they highlighted it really well. So uh, next gen stats is uh, sponsored by AWS, the Amazon web service. And right. if you actually are watching uh, the game right now, there's a couple different options when you click on it, you got your regular broadcast, you have the Spanish broadcast, and then they show you the next gen stats one. Cause they're really trying to highlight it here. Um, so if you go check that out, it's pretty cool. It's just uh it really kind of delves into what we're doing and gives it a bigger picture of what we do. Um, but essentially what I do is I get handled the game uh, and I'm responsible for one game and making sure everything's going right. So essentially to break it down the most I can is every single player in their, uh, in their shoulder pads has a chip and it's a computer chip. And in the stadium lights all the way around the stadium, there are sensors probably every six to eight inches in every single stadium up in the lights. And what, those sensors do and what that chip does is it perfectly gps's all of the players onto the field so they show up as basic dots on what i'm seeing um so when i get a play every single play of an entire game kind of comes out as a regular link right like you're clicking onto a link and then the play happens yeah so I have this is wild it, it's fascinating and it, it you know it's the future of stats and where everything's going to be going in the future with uh with just how the NFL breaks things down. But I also think that you know, other leagues have an opportunity to kind of pick this stuff up and, and make it their own. Uh, but it's just fascinating how the NFL is able to kind of figure this out and make this happen. And, you know, in the six years I've been doing it, it's, it's grown drastically. It's improved drastically. And it's really fun to see. We're coming up well, with stats now we've with, never seen before. Right. And now with Amazon having Thursday night football and, I assume they're going to get more. I mean, they're like the fastest growing. I assume they're going to get more games slash get more primetime games in the so, future. Yeah. So they just got highlighted to uh, take a Black Friday game. So they're going to get. I, I saw it. Yeah. It's going to be like a three o'clock Eastern game on that Friday. And uh, I guarantee they're going to try to give them a decent game. As you've been seeing so far, these games on Thursday have been a little rough after that. Uh, and Chiefs that's. Chargers game to start. It's so hard because we get Monday night and Sunday night football and there's always so many duds. And then like Amazon comes in and of course they get a bet. I mean, it's just kind of how it goes sometimes, but then like next year you just, you just never know. Like who would thought at the beginning of the year that the Broncos and Colts with a new quarterback, Matt Ryan and a new quarterback, Russell Wilson would be just a shitty game. And who would have thought that would have been high scoring compared to the 12 to seven game that you saw next week. (laughs) (laughs) It's just brutal, man. You know, Jeff Bezos got to be a little upset, but you know, that man in that medium, I think he's winning anyways. Yeah. Um, That job just sounds insane. How are you able to, okay. Do they assign you and like how many people else are on this game? Uh, Usually. So there's an engineer that's assigned to the game. I'm a QA analyst. uh, uh, So, I am kind of going in and doing each play. These engineers, these guys are handling probably two to three games at once. Um, and sometimes I get paired up. Sometimes I don't. Uh, it just depends on, honestly, how hiring's gone that year. The first couple of years we were there, we started off with a bunch of people, and then they kind of just started dropping out. Um, because when I was doing it to start, I would actually go to Culver City and go to the NFL Network Studios. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that was really fun because uh, – there was the old campus that they used to have before they have, uh, they have a new one on SoFi's campus right now where that stadium is um, before. So we got to go there. I'd show up, you know, half an hour before log in, grab a computer, go sit in a room with about 10 to 12 folks and just sit by a big TV and just watch football with a bunch of people. So it ended up being some of the more uh, educational times in my life, learning the game and watching the game, just having fun, kind of shooting shit with everybody and just becoming good friends with a lot of the people. And honestly, still, 
still good friends with most of them today. Um, and then a couple of years ago when COVID hit, they sent everybody home. Nobody was allowed to be there. So they said, Hey, if we send you a laptop, will you do it from home? Perfect. You know, so I got a kid perfect. now. <laughs> exactly. No. So, yeah. uh, so I did it for two years at the studio. And then the third year I decided not to do it because I was moving down to orange County from Los Angeles. I was getting married. It was just a big drive up there on a Sunday. And I just kind of said, you know, I, I can't commit to this. Uh, but yeah, when the COVID hit and they're like, Hey, if we send you a laptop, will you do it from home? And couldn't deny that. Oh, so, yeah. so I just sit on the couch on Sundays and hang out and, uh, and enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. God, these perks better be better than just getting paid minimum wage, Tristan. They better be giving you like, if you're like Minnesota Vikings season tickets, I'm moving my fam out to Minnesota and you give me season tickets. Yeah. You guys start getting more, more, uh, from them. Anyways, yeah, no comment on that one. Anyways, that sounds amazing. Um, we covered the Vikings being better from last year, this year. Um, the audience, uh, what your NFL Sunday job is like. I want to talk. I have a couple questions. Who yeah. is your Viking? Okay, so we're going to do this separately. We're going to start with the Vikings first. Who is your Vikings offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP, and rookie of the year? Uh, we'll start off with the offensive rookie or offensive player of the year. You know, uh, I guess you got to go with JJ right now. He's playing better than anybody else. If you want to throw a quick second at it, uh, I'd probably give it to Christian Derrissaw. That kid is killing it. He's absolutely dominating people. And uh, that offensive line all of a sudden isn't a conversation piece. Uh, And that means a lot to Vikings fans when you don't even have to have a conversation about your offensive line. So something's going well. So Christian Derrissaw is killing it. And when they find the way to get the JJ the ball, he's absolutely crushing it right now. You know, he had a hard time against Slay. I think there was a lot more to do with it than that. You know, just having to change things up. Uh, Kirk obviously playing past his bedtime. So that just wasn't working for him. And, uh, but, you know, and the, I think the next week, too, right, they played Detroit. And they, they were able to eke that game out, but uh, he struggled there. Um, but if I wanted to switch over to the defensive side of the ball, you know, it, I, I really like what Dancer's doing. I like that kid Oh, my lot. God. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting specimen, man. Like three years ago when they picked him, he'd get out there and it, he's kind of feast or famine. He's either killing it and absolutely having like a killer day or he's just getting burned and toasted and you just don't know which way is up with that kid. But I think, I think the burn it, it's definitely gone down this year. Um, first of all, his tackling from last year, this year, honestly, his first two years or three years with us until this year his has improved speed so is second much. second to none right now. That kid can close and tackle and wrap people up. I mean, the the guy I want to refer to is the best tackler I remember as a cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings with Antoine Winfield. Antoine I mean, Winfield. That, that man was only five yeah. foot nine and he was flying all over the place. So uh, seeing yeah. Dancer being just a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, lankier, it's just kind of an interesting body for a quarterback. I'm sorry for a cornerback, but he's absolutely killing it right now. And uh, yeah, his, his his tackling has really improved. His ability to tackle in, in the run game is, is really impressive. When he can yeah, God, when we drafted him, he was so raw and you saw a lot of like he saw a lot of raw skills with them. Yeah. Um and now in the next couple of years, I don't know who our cornerback coach is. Um I know our secondary isn't great, but what they've developed and it's gotta be off the field too. He's definitely made lots of improvements by himself, whether it's working out with others' corners or whatever. I don't know the full story, but Either way, he's my defensive player of the year too. Um, Before we jump into MVP, offensive player of the year. These, first of all, the amount of heat that, first of all, our group chat, our family gave uh, Garrett Bradbury, but also just all Vikings fans and what he's been able to do to turn it around and really kind of form a bond with. I mean, we always know Brian O'Neill is solid. We always know. I mean, actually, we didn't always know this, but uh, Ezra Cleveland, who's now third, second year. And that, yeah, third yeah, year, third and year. then Christian yep. Der- Christian Dersa, and those three have allowed. Um, there's a statistic out there, and it was on Vikings page. I'll have to find it, but I think it was two, yeah, they've allowed yeah. two sacks all year on a combined like if the rushers pat rushing up those three players. Okay. Oh, just off a four man rush, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, uh, yeah. Uh, don't don't uh, shortchange the rookie either out of LSU. Ed, uh, Ed Ingram is really really uh impressive yes. stepping in and making things happen already um but no i mean i, th- I think we found our book in tackles o'neill is uh you know 
really, really improved in his time. And he's just awesome. You know, Christian Darisaw on the left side, he's absolutely incredible. Um, and, and Cleveland, you know, honestly, you just never really talk about him very much, which is good for an offensive lineman. You know, you, if these guys aren't in your conversation, it's probably a good idea. Uh, but, you know, Garrett yeah. Bradbury definitely is improving. I think he has a the confidence there um, with the talent that's been placed around him. Uh, we also have a phenomenal uh blocking fullback and honestly really good blocking running backs as well. So yeah, CJ as, Ham as a unit, yeah. they've improved a lot. CJ Ham's a beast. I he love it when he's able so to get the ball in his hand and get a little in space and make people miss. It's kind of funny watching that bowling ball fall down the field. He's like a Kyle use check. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he bad. can make catches on the backfield. Too. Oh, I found it though. Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, and Garrett Bradbury all had zero pressures, zero sacks, and zero penalties in yesterday's win. This was nice. October 11th. So it was when we played, I believe, the Bears or Lions. One of the two. Uh, no, that would have been the, uh, Miami the week game, before. Probably. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm sorry. It was the week before the Miami game. Oh, was it? October. Yeah. Anyways, they allowed zero pressure, zero sacks, zero penalties. Love to hear that. That's you don't see that of Vikings alignment much. Um, MVP of the Vikings halfway through. Can you believe, first of all, we say this every year. I don't get how it's week eight of the NFL. Maybe it's because I'm doing a podcast. I'm always releasing videos. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm ready. Like 13 episodes in or like whatever, but how is it halfway through and who's your MVP? Uh, you know, I, I'd probably just the offensive rookie or the offensive uh, player of the year is probably my MVP. I'd probably go JJ. I don't know who else is uh, making a bigger name for themselves and continue to prove, you know, Dalvin's kind of been hit and miss a little bit here and there. Uh, Thielen's fallen off, you know. Uh, I I just am too skeptical to give it to Kirk, to be honest with you, and call yeah. him our MVP. Uh, so probably JJ. Just uh, honestly, but seeing the way Kirk has been feeling about this team and the way he's playing, there's just such a shift in mentality. And God, Mike Zimmer, yeah. it's all come out now, but just the toxicity in that locker room. And it's just it's a huge, huge improvement. Seeing how those uh, guys performed in that is awesome, dude. I, I guess I give Kirk a little bit more uh, props. I think, what do you go, 33 touchdowns, seven picks last year? I think he was just so concerned with throwing interceptions, though, that uh, you know, he was so afraid what Zimmer might do. So he definitely was a little more timid and a lot of that dink and dunk. And they're throwing it down the field a little bit more. He's throwing some more interceptions. He's actually having, I think, statistically his worst season through the first, you know, seven games of the season. Uh, or six which is weird. Yeah. yeah, which is weird. He's off to uh, his best yeah. start of his career. MVP for sure, Justin yeah. Jefferson. Rookie of the year, we both said, I think it's Ed Ingram. Um, PFF, I'm not a big I'm not even really subscribed to them. I'm not a big PFF guy. I think they're way ahead of my I, – I can, like, watch a football game and kind of analyze it. I'm not, like, X's and O's, so I think that's kind of what their specialty is. But everything that I'm reading from PFF and, like, all sorts of different articles and whatever has Ed Ingram just read as one of the highest offensive linemen for rookies this year, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a it maybe a little tongue-in-cheek, I guess, but I'd probably give it to Ryan Wright just – what he's been able to do and come in and just hold that, that position down. Uh, and it's silly with a punter, but I, I love what that guy's doing. He's absolutely killing it. But uh, yeah, that 80 yard punt. I was yeah. like, come shit. a full 17 game season. It'll be Ingram. No question. But for right now, after yeah. that 73 yard punt, it's all right for me. Dude. It's all right for me. No <laughs> pun intended. I love to hear that one. Um, who are your top five NFL teams? Let's get a little power ranking going. You're going to start with five, then I'll give you my fifth, and then we'll go so on and so forth. You want me to give you five? Really putting you on I can uh, start here so I can give you some time to think. No, my fifth best. Go for or it. Or you go. Right. Um, so if I had to go top, I'm probably going Buffalo. Second, close second is Kansas City. Um, if I had to go probably three, you go Philly. And then four and five start to get a little hazy. I want to throw us in there, and I probably want to throw the Bengals in there. I like what the Bengals okay. are doing. They started really slow the first couple of weeks, but they're picking it up. Um, and it, it pains me to say that Dallas's defense is actually pretty solid. I like to see what they're doing. Their defense, and I'm the biggest Dak Prescott um, fan. So yeah. as much as I were supposed to not like the Cowboys, not even us as Vikings <laughs> fans, just the whole league, or yeah. just a fan of any team. They're, that defense is so scary. 
um, with Cooper Rush. They kind of carried Cooper Rush into – I mean, he played well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, five, I got the Ravens, and we're really going to see – they just scored a touchdown. They're up 17-10. We're going to see what happens here. Um, yeah. But the Ra- – just Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God. Imagine if we had Lamar. Except I think about that sometimes, and then I'm like, what would Justin Jefferson be doing with a running quarterback? Right? Uh-huh. It, it would be such a different system. I really don't think that would end up working out well. You know, yeah. Um, you saw what happened to Marquise Brown. He got out of there because they just didn't gel together. And, you know, you were talking about um, earlier about mobile quarterbacks and wanting that. And it's good for those guys to get out of the pocket. But, but you want to do they can hold in the pocket. That's why I, you know, I, I think Burrow is going to be just a stud in this league. You're seeing, you know, Josh Allen be able to stay in the pocket and kill things, but also being able to get out and improvise and, uh, Mahomes is a king of that. So I, I really like Lamar, Lamar. I think he's phenomenal, but he definitely just has a little weak arm. I've seen him skip a couple balls in this game already. And yeah, that's just kind of the, you know, the problem that you run into with a guy like that. But uh, I, I love him and I think he's going to get a huge contract, but if he were to get signed by the Vikings, it, it probably just wouldn't end well for a lot of the guys that we currently have on that squad. I had no worries about uh, covering some time with this because I just listed my fifth best team and we just talked about Lamar Jackson for two minutes. Um, I love it. And then just being able to talk to not only you, I just love doing this podcast because I'm able to talk to fans that or not fans. Well, fans at the game, but my friends that just push me and push me. Um, It's so much fun. But anyways, my fourth best team. It's tough here. Actually, I just had it. Um, Vikings. I can't put them top three yet because A, I'm going to sound biased. B, we saw what happened when we played the Eagles. C, the Bills and Chiefs are so far ahead of, I think, a lot of teams. And crazy shit happens. Crazy shit happens. And I think something that crazy, something crazy that could happen in these playoffs, the Dolphins with Tua are so much, and don't take so much away from what happened versus the Steelers because. The Steelers and Mike Tomlin always have a great defense. They're always in these like low scoring, like close games. They're with Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to his first game back. I don't take a lot from that. And you saw, did you watch that first series of Sunday Night Football when they, Tool was just slinging it down the field to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle? And you're like, dude, this team is so much faster, so much more athletic. Like, they got a ton really of talent good. on that team and they can be awesome. Uh, I, I want Tua to be successful, and I hope Miami's there towards the end of the season. Uh, I, you know, in their division, I think they'll be able to hang on. I, I, I like what the Jets are doing, but I think they got too many injuries stacking up. I think that can come back to hurt them a little bit. Um, and I, I really don't trust the Patriots right now with much of what what they're kind of putting out on the field. But you know, Tua to me to be a bit of a hater. I guess he had probably the greatest half of college football ever against Clemson in that national championship game, you know, coming yeah. for Hertz and just flinging it. You're like, who the hell is this left-handed kid throwing the ball down? The yeah. I mean, it was amazing. That was just the, one of the biggest, you know, three sixties you've ever seen a team do. It was just like, just totally flipped around and it was just so cool. Um, and then, you know, he had that game against, uh, who was it the second week? Wasn't it against uh, Baltimore down in Miami? Where, where they came down uh, 35 to 17 or something. They were down 20-some 20, points. So yeah. he just had an awesome second half. Um, you know. And then in between there, it's been a lot of eking games out and making it happen. And uh, I think Mike Daniel is a big part of that. Um, and uh, But I'm excited for where they're, where they're going. They definitely – they finally were able to give him some weapons. Uh, Mike McDaniel came into an awesome situation where the team was finally willing to spend some money and, um, you know, props to them because they're, they're very, very talented. Uh, that defense seems to be stacking up some injuries too. So that could be something to look out for, but uh, yeah. There's, that, I'm happy the Vikings. Yeah. I'm happy the Vikings didn't play too well. Actually I would have liked to see, it would have been not a true test because our defense isn't great by any means, but it would have been cool to see us play versus two on that team. I don't, I think they match up so poorly. Um, they do. Where was I going do. with this? The yeah, Vikings, yeah. Okay. number four. Yeah. I, I'm going to sound biased if I put them top three, so I'm not doing that. I also want to stay under the radar. And every NFL <laughs> ranking, every Bleacher Report, ESPN, everything has Vikings top five. So so we're not biased here, Tristan. We're not the only ones. Um, nice. Eagles, three. You look at the rest of their schedule, there is, I will give a 0.0001% chance that they don't, 
own home field the rest of the year. Their toughest game is at Dallas the rest of the year. We thought maybe a tough game for them on the way out would be the Packers. That turns out not to be the case. They could go 17 and 0. This is the most this is the craziest schedule. Um straight like this team could go 17 and 0 oh, and it's crazy they're, they're, to think they're about. They're talented. That. They're they're really good and they they just improved their defensive line yesterday by trading for Robert Quinn. God. You know, uh, Howie Roseman seems to be just a magician with uh, trades and draft picks. So props to them, you know. They they've got it going on. Their their team and their uh, their organizations absolutely killing it right now, but I I I wouldn't say they're going to, you know, it would be impressive if they could they could pull it off and keep keep winning at the pace they're they're going right now. Um, you know, it's all going to fall on Jalen Hurts' shoulders and how healthy he right. can stay and how he can keep playing. And um, you know, I, I like to see him performing. I mean, it, it's awesome watching him just get cast aside in Alabama and uh, watching him go to Oklahoma be successful and then finding mm-hmm. a way to get drafted there uh, to Philly and being able to find his way into the starting lineup and. No, he's, he's an impressive player, man. They're, they're doing really well. As we watch our, uh, our old boy Rudy run down the field in a, in a oh Tampa boy. Bay jersey. That's the first time I've even seen him out on the field this game. They got to use that guy more, especially with Cameron Breda. What's going on here, Bucks? Um, anyways, the Eagles, three. Uh, I got the Bills, two. And I got the Chiefs, one, which yeah. is really weird because the Bills went into the Chiefs. I think more than anything, that was like a revenge hunger game. Yeah, and that no. is just different for them. Um, I do. Th- I will give the Chiefs the edge just because I think they have the best head coach and best quarterback tandem in the league. But to watch that AFC Championship, I wonder how much tickets would go for because we all want to see it, and I think it will happen. They seem like a team that if they played 100 times, they'd tie, go 50 and 50. Like they're just yeah. that neck and neck that good. Yeah. Um, and it, they're really fun to watch. That is the new uh, Manning and Brady matchup, so. Uh, oh I feel God. bad for a lot of AFC fans because for the last so many years, it's just impossible to get through some of those guys. Yeah. Um, you are bigger on Joe Her- uh, Sorry, Joe Burrow than Justin Herbert. Uh, you know what? What do you make of the Chargers? That's a really what do you make of the question. Chargers so far? They just are so injury bitten right now. It's yeah. so hard to watch. Um, you know, I've, I went to the last two games, uh, uh, you know, the last two weeks I went to that Monday night game that they played against the Broncos and he just struggled. He's struggling so he bad with his offensive line being decimated. Like they are Rashawn Slater. Um, was it uh Lindsay, uh, at playing Corey Saturday. Lindsay. Yep. He's, he, he's just not comfortable throwing the ball downfield. He's really, really timid. He's trying to get the ball out of his hands. I think their offensive coordinator needs to go. I think, you know, Joe Lombardi. It's so boring. There's nothing happening. I, I really, really wish that uh, they, they need an overhaul. It's really, really bad. It, it, it truly is. You're watching this team, and it's just very boring. There's nothing exciting happening. No pre-snap uh, movement. I mean, Kevin O'Connell would come in and be killing it right now with the, the Chargers yeah. if he could. Um, but they are just so injury-bitten. I mean, watching uh, Bosa go down week one, watching Slater go down the next week. Now you got J.C. Jackson, who, A, got an $82.5 million contract and was pulled on a Monday night game because he looked awful. And then he gets hurt the next that week. That was so. – so that and like Joe Lombardi's a household name. I thought having him as an offensive coordinator this year would be really good for Herbert. Um, it's so weird. J.C. Jackson has been the, one of the best cornerbacks in the league the last couple of years. And I was trying to like tell people. Yeah. They're like, he's injured. He's injured. I'm like, no, he looks really, really bad. Yeah, he's getting burnt. You. Thank you, Bill Belichick. That's the Bill Belichick effect. Yeah. Bill wasn't willing to pay him. Don't go out of your way to try to pay the dude. Stefan Gilmore. I mean, you can go Malcolm Butler. Just go on and on. That That's the Bill Belichick um, yeah. treatment right there. Um, exactly. Yeah, so I think we, we have to stare at top five teams. The trade deadline, Tuesday. Do you want to see the Vikings do anything? If they do, I hope and it's if on the so, defensive like, side of the ball. Defense, I want yeah. it to be on the def- defensive side of the ball. I'm not willing to say that uh, give up on KJ Osborne. I think KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen and Jefferson are solid. You know, they I, I, they they could use some wide receiver help. To be honest, you know, if JJ goes down, you're pretty average. To be honest with you, um, you know, we all love. I just the think guys those one through three. Like, I think those guys one through three. First of all, Adam Thielen could be a number one receiver on 
I wouldn't say half the teams, but I think a fair amount of the teams. And then KJ Osborne would be a good number two wide receiver on some teams. Um, so yeah. I think that one through three is really solid. I know we were in talks with Chase Claypool. I really like Chase Claypool. Um, I think he, like his TikTok, his ego gets in the way a little bit because you look at a six foot. Now I'm blank. How tall is Kit? I mean, we're getting a oh cameo boy. here. Oh boy. Say hi to Max. Hi, Harper. Can you do a skull chant, baby? Let's do a skull chant. Can you do it? Skull. I love it, Harper. <laughs> She's a little anxious and nervous. Harper, right is, it, is it your bedtime right now? Is it your or did dad or let her? you stay up? Did dad let you stay up for oh, Thursday night football? You're supposed to be asleep, aren't you? Yeah, she was just screaming in her room. <laughs> Harper. Go and grab her. Harper, I haven't even met you. Isn't that crazy? Harper, I haven't even met you. Say hi. And I'm your, I'm your cousin. I'm your first cousin. Hi. <laughs> so hi, cute. Hi, cousin Max. Hi. <laughs> hi, cousin Harper. <laughs> uh, you can see where she got her good looks. She's so out. cute. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent from Car- from Carly. Oh, you. <laughs> um, I love it. You said Har- yeah. you said Harper would make a cameo, and she's got the school chant down. Henry's got the school chant down. Does he? Yeah, and you got uh, you got to start them young. You got to start them young. She literally did it on her own. I think she was here in pregame one time. We had it on the TV, and she just started walking around the house going like this. I'm like, that's my baby. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. I can't deny it. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's so good, dude. Um, how tall is Chase Claypool? Oh, isn't he like 6'4"? Um, I'm looking right here. Dude, dude, this guy's just an encyclopedia. He is 6'4". And yeah. can make any catch, can route run really well. I really like him, and I think if he came into Kevin O'Connell and he was to get rid of his TikTok account and shape him up, well, how many I would love he, to would love. He's to on the last him. year of his rookie contract, right? So he's going to... He's got to be like, like a, a third-round yeah. pick. He's gonna pick. We're gonna have to give up at least a third or a fourth round pick, and then we'd have to pay him. And this team, I think, is thirty second on the list right now in available cap space. Like we are one one point six million, Tristan. It's pretty bad. We're thin. It's pretty bad. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of money to some older guys. You know, Um, I want to hear your actually while we talk about this, I want to hear your take on like the set. It seems like the Rams don't have a salary cap. It seems like the Eagles, even though they're not paying for like there's getting, they're getting rid of every draft pick. Um, the Dolphins are paying a shit ton for every, it's crazy. Yeah. What is the salary like? Is it just a number? Is it like I would compare it to like um, our debt, like the United States debt? It's just a number at this point, right? We're already in the mm-hmm. trillions. Yeah. What is like the salary cap in the NFL? And the Rams just keep signing these guys and paying for these guys. It's like where do they keep getting this money besides? Uh, Snyder or less. Well, what's his name? Less need. Less need. So, sorry. So what they're able to do is they're able to find guys in that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You know, uh, they're able to get guys that are outcasts, and they're finding guys that uh, are towards you know middle towards the end of their rookie contracts when they pick them up, um, and they're only paying specific positions. You know, they're willing to pay big bucks for a quarterback. They're able to pay big bucks for a left tackle who's retired now. So that's why they're struggling. They're willing to pay for the cornerback. They're willing to pay for the D tackle. Um, So, you know, give all your money to Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Andrew Whitworth, fill in the blanks after that. And that's what they did. And they were very successful with it. You know, you know, it's it's a different game compared to baseball and, uh, because baseball, you're able to just spend as much money as you want. So you're the New York Yankees, you spend that much money. You know, the NFL wants to keep everything relatively fair and equal and uh, and balanced, which is so. You're saying they to- they did this the right way, like they weren't um, going net. They weren't going millions and millions of dollars in debt. They were simply finding these second to seventh round guys and paying for paying mid tier guys that. We're getting so bigs. your NBA, contracts. you have a luxury tax. So you go over that that threshold, you start paying a luxury tax on that. And so I think you know, I I, I don't know the facts or the number or the figures right now, but with the Lakers right now, with how much money they're paying their guys, whatever their salary is, and they're paying, they're pretty much doubling that in the tax that they have to pay. Okay. And I'm not sure if that gets divvied up. I think it might, 
but it's just a different situation. Whereas the NFL, it is a strict whatever it may be, two hundred seven yeah. million dollars per season, and you can't go over that penny mark. You are stuck to that. Um, and people are able to through you know you know through interesting ways of uh, diverting money, but they're able to take salary, turn that into signing bonuses, and that's able to free up cap space so they can sign okay. other guys. So. Um, you know, it, for somebody a little bit smarter than I am to understand that, but it, it's very cut and dry. You can't spend more than that. Um, that's, so that's crazy. Really it, the media kind of drove into my head that like the Rams are signing all these players or, I mean, not just the Rams, but these teams are signing these players for, with money that they don't, not necessarily don't have, but it's like, how do they have this money? Right. All this money, but it sounds like they're, they're doing everything right. And do you think that's like. I, I guess we can see on the Rams. Do you think that's going to be successful long-term? I mean, obviously they're struggling right now. I think that's because of injuries. But when you go for these, I mean, Odell, I love, love Odell Beckham Jr. I'm higher than him. I'm higher on him than a lot of people, but he's kind of on his last two, three years, especially as a wide receiver. Um, Andrew Whitworth retired after that. Um, they got some older guys, but. Yeah, I mean, the they're, they're, are... they're struggling offensively or across the offensive line, clearly. That's really bad. Uh, but you're starting to see the trickle-down effect, at least in my opinion, of, you know, saying F them picks, flipping them out, getting them out of there, doing the whole thing that they've been pulling off. And the idea there was to win in the short term. They are playing the short-term game and going all in this year, all in this year, all in this year. Um, so it worked for them. They were able to pull it off. I mean, if not for a Jaquiski Tart drop interception in the NFC championship game, you know, they would have been sad and, and crying and everything would have been a problem. But uh, that guy drops the ball. They get into that, uh, into that Super Bowl, and Odell goes off in the first half. And it was just kind of, you know, let uh, Aaron Donald do his thing, get after the quarterback. And, yeah. But that's adding that strategic piece in Vaughn Miller saying, Hey, we don't need a second and third round pick. Let that go. And now that second and third round depth is really coming back to bite them in the butt this year because they don't have it. Um, so they, they went yeah, all they in, they won. No and depth. None. And so I, I, I don't trust them. I don't believe in them right now either. Um, but if the Vikings were to do what they did, just go all in for one year and it pays off, I would take that. And then I'd take another sure. 10 years of absolute failure. And so do I do I blame the Rams? No, but you're, you're telling me that this team long-term, especially with – Stafford's in – I mean, how old is Stafford? He's he's getting up there in age. Well, he was the first pick in 08, I want to say. So, so he's, he's probably 35. He's about. probably, yeah, 34 probably, right in that range. Um, you know, he, he's not everyone's got, Tom Brady. No, no, no. He's not on that TB12 method. He's not nearly as, uh, as uh, dedicated as that man has made himself. But uh, look at what price it's coming at right now. They scored a touchdown on their this opening is... drive, and they've scored six points since. Yeah, they are guys, struggling this is hard. hard to watch. Um, them and the Rams, two of the best NFC teams preseason that we thought are struggling. But the the NFC is, is – Yeah, the, the screwed up thing is the NFC is so wide open because anybody can pull it up. It's, you know, I love it. I love well. it. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles are doing well, but they got a kid on the rookie on the rookie deal. That's why the Eagles are performing right now. and they're really Rookie deals guys. for quarterback, yep. yep. That's why the Chargers are going like, – these last two years are really their opportunity to try to get it done with Justin uh, Herbert. But now that everybody's getting hurt and now they got to pay him in the off season, the talent yeah. around him is going to dwindle. So it, it's, we're seeing it with the Ravens right now. Once they have, once they have to pay him, what happens with Mark Andrews and some of the Marlon Humphrey, some of those guys on You're defense starting to too. learn why they went uh, after Kyle Hamilton so high in the first round. Cause you know, their secondary is definitely not performing the way that they had been accustomed to. Right. Um, Lewis, speaking of Kyle Hamilton, we, Tristan and I had a debate about this. Um, turns out, I mean, we, we have no idea because Kyle Hamilton, I really, I haven't, if I haven't heard of him, I don't know what great he's doing for the Ravens. And then yeah. Lewis, he and I want to talk about, he came on Richard Sherman's, I don't know if you listen to Richard Sherman, but my dad and I were listening to, he came on the Richard Sherman podcast and I was so impressed with the guy like pre-draft. I obviously know him. He was Georgia, but I was like, I think he's getting covered up by some of these big names. Um, I wasn't as high on him as a camp or as a Hamilton and then horrific leg injury. And I don't really know what I'm intending to ask you here, but um, (laughs) Lewis scene situation. It's tough. You know, if you want to break it down and just go back to the first round of that 
draft this past year. Uh, only time will tell. So far, it's kind of looking horrific uh, with how we went about it. But it's, you know, we, we pass on Hamilton. We think, hey, we can go back a little bit. Let's like, let this play out. Hamilton's already making big plays. And, you know, he already had, a, I want to say, he had a fumble, forced fumble that won a game for him early on. In the okay. Season. So uh, my guy's making plays. Like yeah, he, he punched one out at the end of the game. It was a big play. Uh, Lewis seen. Didn't see, hasn't seen the field, didn't see the field, and was going down on a special teams play, and just awful, man. You know that bone pop. But what about bad. what about Josh Metellus? Stud, He's I like really him. Well. No, they, they they have a lot of talent there. I I think it's fine. I mean, Bynum's kind of been hit and miss. Um, I think he's kind of a year behind, kind of like Dantzler was, where he showed signs of being pretty talented, and I think it still can come through. Um, but uh, where it really hurt me that first round of that draft was just trading twice in the first 34 picks with two division rivals. You know, yeah. luckily, Jameson Will- uh, Williams hasn't played yet, but I think once he does, he's going to be a stud. Uh, yeah. but, you know, Detroit's going to Detroit. I think, you know, Dan Campbell's, what, 4-18-1 in his two seasons there. So as much as you got the hype from it, it's just not playing through. And uh, <laughs> the trading uh, with uh, Green Bay and letting them take uh, the big boy out of NDSU and watching him drop that first pass for was an amazing. easy layup was touchdown. Amazing. I was like, ah, I guess I'll give Quasi a little bit of a break there because that yeah. was big. I just saw a stat this week that said, oh, yeah, uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't given up a touchdown this season. He almost gave one up on the first pass of the season. <laughs> it was a drop. And that's the other that was on him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he benefited there. Big Patrick's time. by no means in his prime. Uh, neither is Harrison Smith this year, but they're able to. I'm not saying. I'm right not saying place, they're right losing. Time. Yeah, situation situationally, when we were bad last year with this defense and the same guys, the same older Hall of Famers, they've situationally they're playing well, and that's. Yeah. I'd take a situational good defense over. 45 minutes of good defense and then 15 minutes of bad defense, which was yeah. last year. Um, and I That's think right. it was encouraging, even though it was against Skylar Thompson and Tay Bridgewater, that we were able to get pressure on the Dolphins. We're talking like it's two weeks ago because we were just on yeah. by week. But uh, to get pressure on those guys was huge. To Darius Smith, there's a reason you're paying him. Daniel Hunter, there's a reason you're paying him a lot. So it's good to, to see those guys get pressure. Time. I mean, he's been getting he a little bit of pressure. He's had some sacks here, but. You know, Hunter essentially has taken two years off. And um, how is a guy built like him not able to just be like Von Miller or Aaron Donald? Like, yeah, just he, I mean, I guess uh, a neck problem will take you down pretty bad, you know. Um, I don't know the severity of it. It kind of felt a little, I, I had a lot of questions about his injury and just wondering really how bad things were, especially that COVID year, what was going on. Last year, you saw he got hurt pretty bad. And that was unfortunate pretty early in the year because he was he was starting pretty hot. But um, I'm really hoping he can have a bounce back, and I'm hoping he can perform because he and Zadarius could be a big old one-two punch and come down pretty big for us. Um, yeah. But we need somebody else to get pressure. You know, we've got a couple of young guys on that, that line that are pretty solid, you know. And uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips are playing pretty well. Uh, if they got have any money at all and can free up any cap space and get in in Dominic and Sue and Dominic and Sue, I knew you were going there. Yep, I think he would be killing it. We it, that's what you saw the Rams did. That's how the Rams won the Super Bowl last year was getting pressure. You know, Burrow was standing back there and doing really well, but when Von Miller and Aaron Donald are in your face, you turn into a different person, and it's just a different yeah. ball game. So you, you got to get in the quarterback space and make stuff happen. And I think those guys can if, if they need an addition there. If not, I just it feels like a 10, 11, 12 win team that may eke out of the the wild card round, but I don't see them moving past that without any significant changes there. Yeah. Uh, Got to protect your quarterback and get to their quarterback. Uh, yeah. It's a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, we're going to end with prediction for the Vikings and the Vikings, A, the playoffs or just the NFL playoffs. Who do you got at this point? We're halfway through. Who do you got, first of all, how far do you see the Vikings going? Uh, like I was just mentioning, I, I could see them winning up um, that home wild card game. Um, Kirk's one and only playoff game that he won was a 10 a.m. for me. Sorry, my West Coast side was a 10 a.m. Sunday game against New Orleans. Yeah. 
So he got, that, he got yeah. that, that sweet spot right after he got out of church. He's ready to come in and dominate some people. He got it done. And I think if they can get that sweet spot on that first weekend, he'll get it done. Um, I just, I, I don't see them going much past the division round, but uh, who's to say? I mean, right now, what you got, the Eagles probably winning uh, the East. You probably got the Vikings winning the North, uh, taking the South. You're probably going to have Tom Brady, even though he looks like he's going to be three and five. Um, I'd still take them. South is division. wide, wide open. Yeah. Even the what the West. Oh my God. West is wide open. I just watched Geno Smith pick apart the the chargers this week. You know, Geno's yeah. killing it. Geno looks really good. I'm, I'm impressed with him right now. Um, but you know, there's a lot of time to turn it around. This is a really long season. You watched, uh, Arizona get out to a seven to one year last year and just completely fall apart. So actually yeah, that was where know. I was. I, I do need a, I'm scared about this weekend. Our yeah. pass defense is, I mean, besides Cameron Dantzler, I think DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and Randall Moore, even without Hollywood Brown, I think Zach Ertz, yeah. I think they could eat apart this defense. I'm scared about this weekend. I'm not going to lie. One of the worst moments of last season was that week two, watching Greg Joseph push that 38-yarder. That just, my dad and I were ready to lose it standing here. That was yeah. brutal, man. Uh, but I, I, I'll give us being at home, being an early game, coming off a bye. I expect big things out of Kevin O'Connell and his staff. Um, I think they're starting to learn where they have their strengths, where they have their weaknesses, and trying to figure that out. I'll never count out Kyler Murray. That kid's a freak. He's just awesome. Um, he is. And with DeAndre Hopkins back, you saw I think what he have over ten catches last week on that Thursday night, and he's had. He's going to have had 10 days off. You know, we're coming off a bye. They're coming off a mini bye. They're cut. Yeah, Thursday. exactly. So it's it's pretty even there. I, I would say it's going to be a, a good battle. So um, it, it's going to be a close game. I think it's two and a half points or two points, uh, Arizona. It's so, three and a half. Three oh, it's and moved half. to three and a half? Yeah. They're, they're, they're wanting you to take Arizona in that game. They That's do. What that sounds like to me. They're baiting you into take Arizona, which I, I, I feel like we never match up well, well against Arizona. The overtime loss with Tay Bridgewater um, last year's game, eh, Arizona's kind of kind of tough for us. But I think it'll be a good game. I'm so excited. I hate bye week. I'm just so excited to come off a of bye week. And it's the best thing the for the players. Season bye week too. You hate that yeah. early season one having to deal with that. But um, hopefully, it's hopefully it's it was uh it was needed. Hopefully they got and uh, can regroup. Good here. thing was yeah. we weren't we weren't bang, we weren't too banged up. That was the good thing. Did you see the uh, the injury report today? Absolutely Literally nothing. Nobody on it. It's amazing. Love to see it. Love Everybody to see in it in full in full pads. So yeah, it's a it should be a battle. But you know, every Sunday as a Vikings fan is a battle, as we all know. Yeah, it is. Um, who do you got in your Super Bowl matchup? Uh, that's a hard question right now. If I had to go, I'd probably go uh, Philly and Kansas City. In Kansas City, I got Kansas Just City Reed, and, bro. and the Reed Niners. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, I got you the like Niners. What they did with uh, the addition of McCaffrey. You think this loved it. A big deal. Loved it so much. Yeah. I think they're just so. Maybe it's because I watch them dominate us all the time. Um, I think the addition of Christian McCaffrey was not a missing piece because any running back for that team is good. But he's such a. If he can stay healthy, I think they're. Up there with the only team that could in the FC that could go into Philly because I think it will be at yeah. Philly. So I think they're the only, the only physical teams that could go into Philly, and I don't want to see the Vikings going to Philly. Um, now, so uh, are you uh, worried like, about the injuries they've had at all in the, uh, on defense for for San Francisco? I'm not because there weren't any like huge like out for the year injuries. You know what I mean? Okay. They yeah. so they had 11 starters out. Against the Falcons. <laughs> Everyone's freaking out about the Falcons loss. They had 11 stars out. No team's going to win with the 11 stars out. And I want to say eight of their nine of the 11 are back. We're back the next week. Um, so I'm not too okay. worried. They were in a many long term injuries. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, um, yeah, now they, they have a solid team. And anytime you can run the ball like that and uh, play solid defense, you know, you got a chance in the playoff football. Uh, but yeah. I'm curious to see. Uh, we've already seen kind of a downtick in their offense compared to last season. I'm wondering how much of that was Mike McDaniel and how much of that he's taken with him down to South. That's a really, they've, that's they've a really good point. I forget that Mike McDaniel came from, I mean, I knew that, but I forget that sometimes. And 
Dude, I love Mike McDaniel. First of all, he's hilarious because he's just an absolute yeah. goon. Like on on uh, post game or press conferences. Yeah, he, but then goon, also but he, he's his a players. Yale just grad goon. He's yeah. a smart dude. He's 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 yeah. no uh, backstreet guy. He knows what the hell he's doing and talking. No, he's, he's been awesome. under he's been under Shanahan, the bigger Shanahan. He's been under some legendary coaches, so he knows what he's doing. Um, I think that's all I have for you. I got a question for you, man. Love, uh, yeah, Syracuse. let's hear it. Syracuse. Uh, what are you studying? What are you What are you working on right now? So I came in declared as a social work major. That's still my intentions, but I just added a double major for business management. End game, I'm hoping, is um, a private practice with therapy, okay. maybe family marriage therapy. Um, and if I don't want to do therapy, then I have business management to fall back on. With I mean, you can do so many things with business. So I'm against. Oh. Sorry, the Bucks just scored. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to start off with therapy, see how I like it. And I'll have the business side of things. Oh, holding. You see a flag there. Uh, yeah. I played Tom Brady, tough. so you can see why I've been clenching my teeth today. It's been pretty bad. You played I, him? Oh, my fantasy team is so bad. You need a <laughs> touchdown so here. Yeah, we, we could use it. Um, but no, that, that's that's awesome that, uh, yeah, you know, doing what you're doing right now, this is a lot of fun. You know, you pretty much go to broadcaster you. You know, Syracuse is known for all their phenomenal broadcasters and everything. It is so, so. competitive. It's so competitive. Yeah, um, it and it was like when I was growing up in Syracuse, was my dream college. I was like, God, if I go there, like I have to be a Mike Trico. And then yeah. I realized how competitive it was. And now I'm. I love my social work program. This is kind of like a side thing. And if yeah. if I were to find something along the way, maybe it'd work. But um, either way, I love yeah. it out here. Yeah, you can rub it with the right it's, elbows out there. I mean, you got, I think that both guys that do uh, NFL Red Zone on Sunday morning are both Syracuse grads. Scott Hansen, so, and then like guys like Sean McDonough. Too. There you go. Yeah, yeah Sean, McDonough. Sean McDonough, Ian Eagle. Bob, Bob Costas is the biggest Bob one. Bob Costas. <laughs> did, awesome. did you listen to, he was calling the Yankees playoff games versus the Guardians? Yeah. And what did you make, did you hear about that whole, um, I forget his name who went after him. Did you hear about that? Uh, I think Mike Francesca went after him. Mike Francesca. Media. He was just, yeah. but, uh, you know, Bob's kind of old school. He's he's a sit down. We're here for a three hour event. I'm going to tell you a story. Right. Give you a lot of back, uh, you know, backstory. Give you a lot of information. Give you some history lessons. Um, so I, I like it. I it, But I can understand why it's an acquired taste and why some people might just get annoyed with it. Uh, but he's got a dry sense of humor. But uh, and. He's in, insanely impressive and very, very intelligent uh, person to listen to. You're going to yeah. learn a lot. And if unless, if you are a fan of the Yankees or a fan of the Guardians, I could see why his style might bother you. But he is a national broadcaster. He is not your local dude doing your games. He is trying to bring anybody from every nook and cranny around the country to give them insight as to why that's important right now and what's right. going on with this. Um, so he's, he is the best that does it. And uh, I was excited to see him actually get back into baseball this season. Cause he had stopped for a while. He wasn't doing it. Um, but I think he was calling some games on MLB network during the season, like random Tuesday and Wednesday yeah, games. He was. Uh, so yeah, if you want to learn about the game, listen to him. I mean, he call you know, if you're like know, a young fan trying to get into it, it might. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. we all know Mike Breen and uh, Jeff Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson doing the NBA finals. But when I was a little kid watching uh, Michael Jordan win, win championships, he was the one that was calling those games on NBC. Yeah. So he, you know, he just goes back a long way. It's kind of hard to believe he's like 68, 70 years old. You know, he, he's definitely getting up there, but he still kills it. I, I grew up in LA, so I grew up listening to Chick Hearn call Lakers games. I grew up to yep. Vince Scully calling Dodgers. Vince Scully, so yeah. I, I just got spoiled with it. So he's he's in he's in that uh, that upper echelon of sportscasters. That's for sure. Yeah, he's the best. Um, Syracuse has been awesome so far. Mike Tirico comes back every year to do a talk, and actually uh-huh. Julian Edelman is coming next week, so I'm going to that. Uh, he's cool. coming to do a talk, but it's awesome out here. Yeah. Thanks for you guys asking. have a homecoming game for uh, Syracuse. Football? Homecoming's not a big deal. We had a couple no. of weeks ago. Um, okay. versus, Jim Brown versus didn't show up. Virginia, Jim Brown did not show up. <laughs> do you do you know about the Jim Brown thing? Uh no. What's going on? Um, 
we can actually we're gonna talk about it off the air. I gotta okay. tell you. So hold on after this. Um, okay. I'm gonna talk about it after there. But anyways, um, loved having you on. Loved catching up with you about the Vikings. Thanks, guys. Um, it was the best, and I'm gonna have you back on before the end of the year when we are in the FC Championship or Super Bowl. Let's do it, baby. Skull, baby. Good Thank talking. You.